I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. Corey Willis from TPI. I'm Drew with D&J Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. Diesel Podcast. You're listening to The Diesel Podcast. The Diesel Podcast. The one and only Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We've got a special project for you guys this weekend. We're going to chat with as many of the DPC competitors as we can about their trucks, turbo, fuel systems, transmissions, their experience racing, sled pulling, dynoing, basically everything about the trucks. So we're going to be blowing you up. But before we get to it, we want to thank our sponsors. They allow us to bring these guests and the content to you guys. Make sure and check out ATS. BD Diesel, PPI, and Dan's Diesel Performance if you're looking to do anything to your Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke. Trevor, I'm a big fan of your DPC truck. I'm a Cummins guy at heart, and I'm really excited to have you on today and talk to you about all that went into this this first gen. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of surreal to be uh, talking to you about this thing. I've been a huge fan of the podcast since pretty much the beginning, and you guys started it. We appreciate that. There's a... Uh... It's it's so it's so interesting with the podcast. Like I didn't know what one was before it started. I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> that's one of those fan, one of those fancy words that some kids made up one day. <laughs> yeah, something that goes to the to a smartphone or something. But now we we appreciate them and the listeners and support we get. That's why we we do them and, and love bringing the content. But I wanted to talk about your first gen. I love first gens. You've got a really cool setup. Tell us about the truck itself. So this truck started out life as a two-owner truck. It spent the first 270,000 miles of its life, 100% bone stock, pulling a horse trailer around. And uh, I picked it up about five or six years ago. And uh, I broke the tamper-proof caps off the original VE injection pump. And really, really, it's kind of spiraled out of control quickly. But it started out with uh, some simple modifications. We put a 60 millimeter Gillette diesel service compressor housing on it and some additional fuel pump work, adjusted the timing a little bit, put some head studs in it, and then eventually got a set of bigger injectors. And then, of course, we needed some more turbocharger. And then it got a bigger, uh, bigger single turbocharger, went with a 63 millimeter S300 and a set of Hungry Diesel 6x13 injectors. And Really had a lot of fun with it in that form. Spent a lot of time, did some dynoing with it, some street class sled pulls, you know, just that basic stuff. So it, that snowball effect happened where it's like, oh, I'm just going to do this one part, and then it's, well, no, no I want to do this and this and this, and it turns into kind of like a race truck. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me it was, you know, we've got it apart this time. Let's uh, let's do what we can. Well, let's apart to try and maximize what we're doing and. Of course, then that got out of hand quickly. <laughs> there is a, there's one part of the, the build that really piqued my interest because a lot of first-gen guys will message or email us, and they'll ask about the 518 or the 618, and they have this interest to go to the four-speed with lockup, whether it's a 47RH, 47RE, 48RE. You got a 48RE in that truck. How hard of a swap was it, and why did you go that route? So I got some unique circumstances behind this. Now, I was, some guys would probably not be too happy with me, but the truck started out with a 
five speed in it and kind of came to the point where that was the limiting factor the the swap itself wasn't too bad actually i've got my first gen is swapped onto a third gen chassis so it was pretty much a bolt-up swap used the stock cross members and to shorten the drive rear drive shaft up a little bit and they'll bolted right in but if a guy wanted to do it to that stock first gen chassis it's just a matter of changing the adapter plate and uh, the cross member. And I guess you've got to, if you're going from a manual truck, you'll need that 23 to 29 spline uh, coupler adapter for your transfer case. It's not, yes, that wouldn't be a bad, a bad swap at all. And then you know, the, it, it, it's really interesting too with transmission swaps is we'll get kind of both as the guy with an auto wants to go to a manual or the guy with the manual wants it to shift faster at the track or do something like that wants to go to the auto and we try to connect the people so they can just swap the parts and the transmission and everything yeah it's, it's kind of funny some people are diehard uh, with that manual transmission and some people are diehard with that automatic transmission you know knowing what i know now i wish that i would have just skipped the middle step and bought an automatic transmission truck in the first place <laughs> Now, when it when it comes to the the fueling side with the pump, we had chatted before about uh, the pump that's on there, and I mean, there's a lot of Cummins fans out there that they love the mechanical injection pump. What uh, what kind of fuel does that thing move? Uh, so this injection pump, if it was turned up all the way, would be about 950 cc's. It's got your standard Bosch 13 millimeter barrel and plungers. The uh, pump camshaft is actually a custom grind from Columbus Diesel Service that I picked up, uh, used from a guy. And I, when I was in uh, college, I worked at a fuel injection shop, so just went over there and put this pump together with some spare parts. <laughs> and turns out that I actually had myself quite a gnarly injection pump. I got it fed <laughs> with a 700-gallon-per-hour uh, DSR gear-driven lift pump from Shy Diesel. So it uh, it moves. Have you had it on a dyno? This engine has never been on a dyno properly, but uh, with the fuel available and the air available, the horsepower numbers I feel are pretty conservative that were listed in the magazine. But I don't want to be one of those guys that says it's going to make 1,500 horsepower and it goes out and does 700. So we went with <laughs> a pretty conservative number, but... It will do it, no doubt. I got a feeling it will. <laughs> now, with with a build like this, like, is it a truck that you can drive every day that you could use to, you know, move a trailer, or, you know, drive around town? If you felt so possessed too that you could, the truck's got uh, D and J's Ford steel Ringland pistons in it, so it doesn't necessarily have that uh, longevity factor that you would get out of an engine that's got cast pistons. But D&J does a really nice job with those pistons filling that uh, middle ground for the guy that, you know, maybe this truck isn't the best thing to pull this trailer with, but I haven't have a lot of fun driving it, so let's use it. So to answer your question, you, you could totally pull a trailer with it. <laughs> that's kind of the, uh, I don't know, I think that's every diesel guy's dream is to just have a, you know, a powerful truck and, you know, you maybe don't have to drive it every day, but if you want to take it someplace, you can and just have fun with it and, you know, enjoy the enjoy the power. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, granted, the mechanical truck doesn't lend it to being as street friendly as your common rail would with its, you know, relatively fixed timing and 
I do have it decompressed a few points, so it gets kind of cranky when it's cold out, but if you get past that, it's not so bad. <laughs> when you were going through the, the build itself, you listed a lot of companies, and I wanted to ask you what kind of support structure, what um, what kind of help have you had to build this truck to you know get it where, where you wanted it? So I've kind of leaned on a lot of people. I've been, leaned on a lot of big industry names. I've got Shy Diesel has been real good with me on working on me, figuring out what I needed for injectors and fuel setup. Uh, D&J Precision Machine has been real good. Drew over there has really helped me out on the uh, cylinder head and airflow camshaft side of things. Uh, the transmissions, uh, power-driven diesels build. It's the same combination of hard parts that you'll find in their UTC truck. I, but minus the meringue input shaft, didn't really think I needed that. But aside from the transmission brake and everything, that's a part that they build in-house. And Will has been real good about uh, testing that and making sure that that was all 100% good to go. Yeah, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of big names, a lot of expertise that is, you know, with all those companies. And there's so much information out there and so many part options. It really helps, like you said, to be able to lean on those guys who have done it, seen it, succeeded, failed, learned, adapted, innovative, done all that kind of stuff. So when you get that part for your truck, there's no guesswork. They know what it's going to do, how it's going to perform, and kind of make that combination all work together. Yeah, you know, there's no reason for a guy to go out there and try, or girl, go out there and try and reinvent the wheel on some of this stuff when, you know, there's been guys that have been out there doing it for years. For sure. Yeah, that, I don't know what, I see them on Instagram all the time, like the, the first gen, trucks and getting posted and everything and i was way too young when they came out to actually buy one but i i I love that body style i love that it's that classic the classic lines on it and then like what you've done with the motor the 48 re the the fuel the air it's uh it's a truck i'd like to build one day something like that (laughs) oh i definitely appreciate that i mean uh it's been quite the labor of love. And I'm in the same way with you. I was way too young when all these trucks were new. I always say, I wish I had a time machine. I'd go back and fill a shed full of them. <laughs> oh, for, yeah, they were a lot cheaper back then than they are now. <laughs> I know. You know, even when I bought this one, the, the price of them has doubled or tripled since then. You tell some guys what I paid for this one, and you'd try and pay that price now, you'd be getting a scrap one. <laughs> well, man, I, uh, I'm really excited we could, we could connect and chat and, and, uh, talk about the details on the, on the truck. So, I mean, we're going to be watching and, and pulling for you, wish you the best of luck. And we'll have to sit down a, another time and really get into kind of some of the nuts and bolts of, you know, how you put the truck together and, and, you know, spend some more time talking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with, uh, there's quite a bit more to the, there's quite a bit more little details inside of this thing, you know, being that it is actually sitting on a third gen chassis and everything like that and went through and redone all the wiring. So we could definitely go on for a while about the nitty gritty. There we go. It's like a, it's like a, a primer for the Cummins guys out there when they want to know how to put a first gen body on a third gen frame. <laughs> That's right. I could, I could tell you one way to do it and about 10 or 20 ways how not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and check out ATS, BD, PPI and Dan's diesel performance. If you're wanting to upgrade your truck for towing, racing, sled pulling, just make a little bit more power. 
Check them out on social media on their websites. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.